Expert Insights is an ongoing medical education podcast. The Carl Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please click on the link and complete the episode's post-test. This podcast forum is brought to you to share expertise and insights within our integrated delivery system to help us improve the health of the people we serve and achieve world-class accessible care. This is Expert Insights. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. There have been recently updated comprehensive recommendations that reflect the latest advances in evidence-based research to improve care for millions of people with diabetes. My guest today is Dr. Awais Mansuri. He's an endocrinologist with the Carl Foundation Hospital. Dr. Mansuri, explain a little bit about diabetes. What are you seeing as far as prevalence and awareness of the disease? Uh, sure. Um, so we are we're seeing an increase in type 2 diabetes uh, lately, and we're also seeing patients present earlier uh, in life compared to, prior, to, compared to other family members. Uh, with the diagnosis. Uh, just this weekend, I saw a patient um, just 20 years old uh, with new onset type 2 diabetes. Um, and uh, um, that's unfortunately the, the trend now. The, the rates of diabetes are increasing. Um, and uh, in general, obesity is also increasing. And so uh, we need to do a better job um, with uh, screening for type 2 diabetes and um, preventing type 2 diabetes. Dr. Mansuri, as far as providers are concerned, do you feel in this day that you mentioned that you had a 20-year-old that came up with type 2 diabetes? Are providers able to not see the future, but see this pattern, whether it's in a family or see that a child is becoming obese and possibly going to be a type 2 diabetic? Are you seeing that providers are aware and able to engage their patients with discussions about this? I think we are doing a better job. There was a recent study that showed uh, that uh, childhood obesity uh, rates are decreasing, actually, um, recently. Uh, and so that, that's a good sign that uh, we are attacking that, early, we are attacking that uh, epidemic earlier and hopefully uh, uh, slowing the progression down or um, hopefully preventing diabetes uh, for them in the future, or at least delaying when they will develop diabetes. Uh, unfortunately, some patients, their family histories are strong, are so strong that uh, they're still going to develop diabetes, but it just, it's a not really, and it'll, it's just unfortunately a matter of when they're going to develop it. Tell us about some of the new recommendations in the 2018 edition of the American Diabetes Association Standards of Medical Care. Tell us what's new and different. So the big change is now um, what the second-line therapy of medication uh, should be. So always it's been metformin is always the first-line therapy for controlling um, diabetes, but now the second-line therapy depends on what other uh, comorbidities or what other risk factors the patient has. And so um, the, the, there's two new, two new big classes of medications um, that have been that are uh, about the one classes are called the GLP-1 receptor analogs. They've been around for about 10 years or so. Um, and then the other class are called SGLT-2 inhibitors, um, which have been around now for maybe three or four years, I would say. So the, the, the recommendations include these medications because 
we're seeing a lot of increased risk of heart disease along with the diabetes. And so these medications have been shown to reduce um, cardiovascular mortality. Uh, and so it's recommended that these, these, med- these two medication classes be used earlier on in the, the diabetes management as opposed to, uh, to later on, especially in these, in these high-risk classes. And how do you think the integration of new technology is affecting diabetes management? So there's a, a lot of, we're getting a lot of questions like this from patients. Um, there are new glucose sensors, which is the, the biggest trend now for even in the past, we've mainly used them for type 1 diabetics, but now we're seeing that more, more patients with type 2 diabetes are requesting them. The uh, pharmaceutical industry is doing a good job with advertising as usual. Um, and so we're being asked for, by patients for using them to monitor their blood sugars uh, instead of having to uh, uh, test their blood sugars. Um, so I think as time goes on, we're, we're going to continue to see um, these sensors where uh, right now the, the current sensor, there's a current uh, what's called a hybrid closed-loop insulin pump, which has a sensor built in with it, and this sensor will um, work with the pump by, you know, it'll sense the blood sugar. That blood sugar will be sent to the insulin pump. The insulin pump will see what the trend is in the blood sugar and then change the, the basal insulin, which is like the background insulin rate, uh, based on what the blood sugar is doing. If it's going up, then the, it'll give more insulin. If the blood sugar is trending down, or even if it gets too low beneath a certain, certain point, then it'll shut off insulin delivery for about two hours. Um, patients will still have to still have to uh, give insulin based on their carbohydrate intake, um, but eventually um, we're going to see where pumps are going to do everything. They're still in trial phase at this point, um, but uh, that will be uh, game changing for for our type, especially our type one diabetics who have been using injections for their whole life, and now they can almost be hands off with their diabetes, which will be uh, huge. And what's changed as far as routine screening for type 2 diabetics, for example, high-risk youth that have a high BMI or they're talking to their pediatricians at their well visit? What's changing for routine screening? So we're, there, there was increasing, uh, I mean, just uh, uh, checking their blood sugars um, more often for, for patients who are at high risk. Um, we're not, we weren't doing that as often as before, but now um, it's, it's recommended for uh, youth that are at risk for to get their uh, blood sugar tested or their hemoglobin A1C tested earlier on uh, than waiting um, until they were over 18. Tell us about the coordination of care, the management of several aspects of care that you see going on for diabetics. It takes a lot of different providers, doesn't it? It, it does. I mean, diabetes uh, is a team approach Um in our office, we work closely with our dietitians and diabetes educators, and those two uh, those two uh, groups are, are very important. And they they should actually patients should actually be seeing them uh, before they even see uh, endocrinologists, especially when they have pre diabetes. The recommendation is that the patient sees the dietitian and diabetes educator, hopefully make lifestyle changes to prevent um, developing um, full onset type two diabetes. Um, but also, I mean, we, we, we need to work closely with uh, podiatry, um, cardiology, uh, and nephrology, especially when there's, uh, the patients are developing um, microvascular and macrovascular complications. 
uh, from the type 2 diabetes. Doctor, patient-centered care and, and the cost of care impact of diabetes is being studied much more lately. Tell us what you see as far as these new recommendations and how that's going to change this model of standard of care for patients with diabetes. Unfortunately, these two, the, the, those two groups of medications that I, I mentioned were are some of the most expensive medications that are on the market. And there are coupons, there are um, patient discount cards for for patients to 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 use, but that only works for some uh, for some patients who don't have um, government insurance. And for those patients, we it can be very difficult to get um, those medications, which will help them deal with the uh, with the difficulties with type 2 diabetes, especially um, those two medications, they help with weight loss. And so, you know, obesity is so prevalent with type 2 diabetes. Um, but if they're not on the, if they don't have the right insurance or if they have, if they're on uh, government insurance, then it's it's much more difficult to get those medications. And then um, they're, uh, they, uh, they, they need to uh, basically get to start insulin sooner than other patients and which leads to to more obesity and uh then much more difficulty losing weight so um uh we we need to um we still have some work to do to to, to try to get patients um the best medication um uh, regardless of the cost of uh for them but uh that is unfortunately a, a major a major role in what patients can take for their diabetes in summary, as a wrap-up, Dr. Mansuri, tell other physicians what you'd like them to know about diabetes and the new medications and recommendations from the American Diabetes Association. So the, the two big things are the two new medications, the SGLT2 inhibitors, which are the, the flozins, the empagliflozin um, uh, is, is the main one in that group. Um, that, again, that, that has been shown to reduce cardiovascular mortality. Um, and then the other group are the the um, uh, like liraglutide and uh, those are the GLP-1 receptor analogs. Uh, these medications also uh, have um, have been shown to have a cardiovascular benefit. Uh, so I think uh, we need to use those more um, to help uh, with weight loss, help with glycemic control. Um, uh, the SGLT2 inhibitors have also been shown to reduce blood pressure. Uh, and so if we uh, use these medications um, uh, earlier on in, the, in their diabetes um, diagnosis, this may uh, help uh, 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 with other complications from, from the diabetes later on. So I think uh, going along with the American Diabetes Association recommendations from using those medications, and then if, if we still need additional therapy, then going to a sulfonylurea um, and then eventually adding long-term insulin, uh, long, uh, long-acting long insulin um, after that is, the, is what we should be uh, uh, doing. Thank you so much, Dr. Mansuri, for being with us today and sharing your expertise for other providers to explain these new recommendations and the new medications available for diabetes that might change the standard of care that we're seeing now. You're listening to Expert Insights with the Carl Foundation Hospital. For a listing of Carl providers or to view Carl-sponsored educational activities, please visit carlconnect.com. That's carlconnect.com. We hope the information gained will be applicable to your work and life. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.